My name is Austin, and I am just honored uh, to be the pastor here at the moment we turn 40, uh, to celebrate, to literally bask in what 40 years looks like, to watch this, uh, and to also dream of what the next 20 years looks like, as we look forward to see what God is doing. Um, and I believe that this series that we're walking in hopefully begins to answer that question. We talked—I love that the video still had the background of our Cultivate, because we are expecting ourselves to grow. To, for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus, for that to become an overwhelming, overflowing cup that fills the people's cup around you, that Jesus pours in you so that you pour out into others. But I believe that this series— is going to be the foundation and the DNA of who we are as a church so that we get to that place of growing. And if you're like me, you might be thinking, how does one another become the foundation? Because if you're like me, you've been maybe reading the news, you've been watching the current events of what's going on, and you see a world that does not one another. And throughout this series, we're going to use that word one another as more of a verb and, and all the different types of, of grammar because it, we want it to become a part of who we are. But as a church, in a world that does not one another, right, we're seeing in, in, right now Ukraine being invaded versus its neighboring country. We see, in a, in a lighter sense, um, Major League Baseball, its owners cannot come to terms with its players of what it looks like to be in this together. Right? We see in the news all the time of this against each other. It happens in my own family. Maybe it happens in your family. The sibling rivalry, anybody in here, or friendship rivalry. Like, you feel like you're against one another. Right? <laughs> Nobody's like, no, everybody's perfect in this family. Like, maybe it's just my family. Don't look over here in this section, right? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it's even in my own relationship with my wife. Like, this competition against each other is the thing that is going to hurt us the most. One another. And it's a part of our story as the church, right? You read in your Bibles, Cain against Abel. Joseph against his brothers, right? In a different way, David versus Uriah. <laughs> right? The Jews versus the Gentiles, right? Getting even further, like Luther, Martin Luther against the whole Catholic Church, right? Even our denomination back when it was born split because we, we couldn't agree on what baptism looks like. We live in this against each other. And so for so much, we forget what we are for. And as a church starting today, I pray that the people in this area, in Sammamish and the surrounding regional areas, understands that we are for one another. We are for one another. And so I'm going to ask you, if you pull out your Bibles, um, if you have them or if they're on digital, if you're uh, joining us online, you'll see uh, the words on the screen. We're going to turn to John chapter 13, uh, verses 34 and 35. And it says this, A new commandment I give to you. That you will love one another just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Will you pray with me as we dig in this morning? God, I pray that we will be um, open doors, open vessels, hearts open wide, ears open 
open to listen, to hear. So God, speak, reveal, open eyes so that we might see who you are and who we are called to be. We ask this in your name. Amen. Right before this verse, like literally right before, Jesus says this. He, he tells the disciples that he is going to go away and they can't follow where he's going. And I don't know about you, but when you tell me I can't do something, like I want to do it. Right? I wonder how much Jesus' best friends were like, wait, you're gonna, we've traveled with you all across the region. You're saying you can't go somewhere. We can't go where you follow. And then he says, you can't go where I'm following you, but you can follow the way that I live. Like Jesus is saying in this moment, when he says a new command I give to you, like that question is, it sounds like, this sounds a lot like the greatest commandment. It sounds like to love your Lord with all your heart, with all your soul and your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another. So why is it a new command? Well, it's a new command because if we, if we understand what happened with all through human history, what happens in the word is that the people of God have never ever been able to live into this relationship with this holy God in a way that's good, the way that's perfect, the way that it's supposed to be. They've continued to fail all over the place. But Jesus, in his arrival into human nature, into human existence, has now given the people, his disciples, the people around him, what it looks like to actually love one another. What it actually looks like to one another. Like he, they now have a physical representation. They can see. This is why like on the shows, like the TV series, The Chosen, they don't just like have Jesus just speaking constantly. They show what he did. So a new command I give you is do what you've seen me do. Love one another. But not only that, when we talk about one another, did you know that there's 38 other verses that I've found that talks about what it looks like to one another? And here's just a couple of them. And there's some of them are on the back, on the, uh, um, on the board before. It says, love one another, honor one another, be devoted to one another, build up one another, accept one another, care for one another, bear the burdens of one another. Be patient with one another. Be kind to one another. Submit to one another. Serve one another. Live in harmony, in shalom with one another. Pray for one another. Confess to one another. Encourage one another. This one anothering is one of the most important things that we as a church, as followers of Jesus, need to live into. That we are to one another, each other. Just as Jesus one another, we too are to one another. We can't follow Jesus where he's going, but we can follow how he lived in one anothering. We are to be people that one another. So much so that when he gave this um, commandment to them, I love how at the end he puts like a little tag on the end. That he says, you know, I give you a new commandment to love one another. But people will know that you're my disciple on how you love one another. Like, this is a litmus test that just as Jesus one another, we also need to one another. Because it's not that we believe or that we proclaim that we love Jesus 
and that we want another really well, it actually says that people will know how we are disciples and how much we love Jesus, not by how much time we spend in devotion reading the word or praying to God or praying with one another, like our praying. The world doesn't see that, but what they see is how we live. They see how those things that when we're in the word, when we're praying with weather, when we're spending time with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and we're communing with the divine God, and he's speaking to us and in and through us, they don't see those moments. But what they see is how we live. So that then the world will proclaim, hey, they have faith. And you know how I know they have faith? By how I interact with them how they interact with each other. How many of us have experienced a church and we've come from, we've resided in this church because we've come from a place where they do not want another well? Am I the only one? This is the root of why I think not only in church that people who love Jesus are done with church, but people who don't know Jesus are done with church. Because we proclaim with our mouths and our words that we really love Jesus, and then we step out of foot of these places, we resemble Jesus, not a lick. Can I say that, church? In a hard way. Do you proclaim to love Jesus? And is that approved by how other people talk about you? That we had, a, we had a, a celebration of life last week, and we talked about Steve, who... Over and over again, they didn't say that he said he loved Jesus. Everybody else said he loved Jesus. And it moved me to say, I wonder what it would look like if we didn't have to say a word about our love for Jesus, but everybody else in the world did by how that we loved one another. Man. I feel that in my family, right? Like in a way that when you're learning how to love one another in your family, sometimes my daughter writes notes that says, Daddy, you don't love me. And it breaks my heart. She puts like little hearts on it that has a little squiggly line that like it's broken. And my dad heart like, oh man, I haven't loved you well. Because sometimes she feels like maybe my love is competing with other people. Or that if I love her sister, I can't love her well. The reality is, is that people will proclaim our love for Jesus and our love for one another, not by what we believe or what we say we do, but how it's lived out and fleshed out. My wife will say, man, I say, I'm committed to you. I'm faithful to you. I love you. But you don't show it. Oh. The condemnation, the weight of that. The weight of that. I don't feel close to you. I don't feel connected to you. You say you love me, but there's no way that you show me you love me. That love will dissolve. That love will go away. Same thing with my kids. If I say that I love them and I point them and they're the apple of my eye, but when I speak to them, talk to them, act with them, they can't proclaim that I love them. So as a church, I'm wondering, can we say that we are going to be a one another people? Do we really love Jesus? Is this litmus test of us true? If we need to know that to be one another people, do we not only need to be holistic one another people, but we're one another people that love, bear with, 
pray for, encourage, serve, submit to one another. So much so in the way that looks like Jesus that people are saying, I don't know if I really like Jesus, but I like the way that they love each other. I like the way that they love me. I love the way that they encourage and pray for me. I don't even know if I believe in this Jesus, but I want to be around those people because they want another really well. And it looks completely different than the world around them. You want to know what it looks like to be countercultural in this world? It's to be one another people. And if that's true, if that's true, then what do we do? Well, I love this. It says, just as Jesus one anothered. Just as Jesus one anothered us, that we are to love one another. And just as I have loved you, love one another. And let me say this in this room. Because before I give you this thing, like, I believe that this is the way that we practically play out what it looks like to one another. You can't one another if you haven't received the love of Jesus. You want to know why my wife doesn't feel like she's loved by me? It's because I'm not receiving the love of Jesus that transforms my heart. Which creates a well of, Jesus, all the things that you have done for me when I don't deserve it, when I haven't earned it, when I can't even hold a flame next to what you are doing in me and receiving and giving to me. Nobody feels it because I'm not sitting at the feet of Jesus. This is why our love, when sometimes it gets manipulated or worked, because we're not putting ourselves at the feet of Jesus and saying, how does Jesus Love. And I wanted to say this to you. And I wanted to sit in this. That Jesus absolutely and utterly adores you. Right where you are right now. Whether you've come in here and you're saying, man, I've done more cumulatively wrong in this week than I've done in in a year before. Or I felt like I have not done one thing that puts me in presence of Jesus in a season. I don't know if I really actually believe this guy. I don't know if I read in this text, I actually think it's real. You know what? That's okay. Because Jesus didn't say the pretext of which he loves you is by how faithfully you come to him. His love that he offers to you doesn't say you have to fulfill these commands or dress a certain way or talk a certain way or act or listen to or watch certain things before I love you. He says, just as I have already loved you to his friends who are about to desert him in the moment that he dies, who are afraid when he gets arrested, who deny him, who turn him over to the authorities. These same people, he's telling them to love one another because he's already loved them. He loved them before they even decided that they truly believe this. To know that you are loved, affirmed, valued, cared for, set with the divine God 
in the physical form of Jesus and be given to you by the Holy Spirit that his presence is with you right now. He's loving, he's caring, he's bearing with you. He's one anothering with you right now before you even make a move to acknowledge his love for you. Before you even accept it, he's already loved you. Before he even decided that you are worthy of this love, he died for you in order to bring you back into a relationship to who the one is that is love. Just as he has loved you, have you received the love of Jesus? Do you actively go after the love of Jesus? Do you actively say, I don't know what love is. And so instead of searching it for all the things in the world, in relationships, in job status, in all the things where you feel value and love, have you gone to the one who is love? Who loves you before you do anything to deserve that love? That's the only way that I know how to love. It's by sitting in myself in front of a Jesus who loves me exactly the way I am right now. Who loves me. Who created me. Who calls me a son of the Most High God. Who has invited me into the family of God. Who's adopted me as a son of the Most High. This is the God who loves. So my question is to you, do you have a hard time loving because you haven't received the love of Jesus? I'm one of those people. I sometimes love out of my own strength. I want another out of my own strength because I believe I can do it better sometimes. Do you do too? Do you as well? Can we be people that sit with Jesus? And as we do, can we acknowledge that we've been hurt? We've been unloved by the church. We've been betrayed by those that we love. We've been let down by those that we love. We've been abandoned by those that we love. That we've been not pursued and we've been hurt by the ones who are supposed to love us. And when we say to Jesus, who is not alone in that feeling, he says, I have too. And I still love you. Mm. So we must love one another. That if we have received this love from Jesus, we're not supposed to take it in and be love gluttons. Spiritually fat so that we can feel good. That we are to love in the same substance as Jesus, just as I have loved you, in the same manner, in the same substance, just as I have loved you, now love one another. Not a watered-down version. Can we say it, church? That sometimes we do not love in the same substance, in the same manner as Jesus, we water it down because it's easier. but in the same manner, in the same substance. And I thought about this week, what does that look like? What is the same substance of Jesus' love that we need to be one-anothering with each other? What does Jesus' love for one another, for love for his disciples look like? Well, I think it looks like this. I think it's free. It's a gift that he has given to us without anything expected in return. That his love for one another is ready. That when people came to his presence, when they walked from miles around to get, he was ready to love them. 
When people showed up at his door, he was ready to love them. It was laborious. It took energy of him. It drained him that he often needed to go away to commune with God, to be filled back up. It was laborious for him. It wasn't easy work. It was exhausting. It was expensive. Jesus' love for one another was expensive. It cost his life. His love was also constant. He didn't take seasons off. He didn't take hours and weeks off, months off at a time, years off at a time, because things got hard. Jesus' love was constant, consistent. It was steady. It was never changing. And it was also preserving and persevering. Jesus loved, persevered in that one anotherness when it was easier to lean out into five, 12 more people that actually loved better and followed him better than the ones that he had collected. How many times have we had friends like the 12 disciples and they were running and they messed up and messed up and messed up? We'd be like, fine, I'll go get a, a whole new group of friends who do it better than them. <laughs> done it, right? That's why I love seasons, college. You get a redo, right? You can go find new friends that were better than the ones in high school. And then after college, you can find young adult friends and married friends or whatever that are do better than the college friends. But Jesus' love was absolutely persevering. That when it got hard, he didn't give up. He leaned in. So what does that mean for us? If we're to love one another, that our love must be free without conditions, what would it look like if we loved one another without conditions? That, babe, I'll love you better if you do the dishes for me. Babe, if you bring that cup of coffee, mm, I, I'm going to do the cooking tonight. Right? What if our love was free without conditions? What if it was ready that when people knocked on our door, we'd be like, we don't like, I've done before, like when somebody comes to knock on your door, you turn all the lights off and be real still. Shh, kids, shut up. Shh. They'll just go away, they'll just go away, they'll just go away. Man, what if, our, what if our love was so ready that when anybody walked up, whether we were just in a tiff with a friend, with a spouse, with a coworker, whatever it was, we were ready to love them. What if it was laborious? What if we were okay with the fact that loving people is hard? We're okay with that. That it's going to cost us and it's going to exhaust us and we're going to want to take seasons off. What if we, what if we loved in a way that was expensive? That it cost us our time and our resources to love one another. And then instead of putting that love in the bank, we spent it. What good is love equity if you don't spend it? What if our love was constant? That those who came to us, that found us, that we were loving in and out of season, week to week, hour to hour, month to month, year to year, that we were described as loving people, consistent in all times. It wasn't perfect, but it was consistent. What if our love for one another at Pine Lake Community Church was says they had hard seasons, but their love was consistent for one another? It was so consistent that they didn't vote somebody off the island. How many of you feel like you want to, you're the next to be voted off? 
Can I tell you, I hold veto power. You're here. We're better with you than without you. And what if it was persevering? That we would rather lean in than lean out. Because we know that after over 40 years of people leaning in, the legacy that we leave for our kids and our grandkids is worth it. It's so worth it that we don't get so caught up in what is for me right now that it was persevering that if you're not loving and filling my needs right now, I'm gone. But a love that was so persevering that says right now I don't feel loved and I'm going to love one another because I want to see my kids, 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 kids find Jesus here at Pine Lake. I love it. Julie Goose, when we were interviewing, said, you're going to bury me, and you're going to do my funeral. I was like, do you not know pastors don't usually last that long anymore? But it gave me an overwhelming sense that her desire is that as a pastor, us as staff members who pour ourselves into this church, her prayer for us is that we lean in rather than leaning out. To have longevity in relationships that say we so much care about what's going on here that we would rather stay in when it's hard than leave when it's easy. So I look forward to doing every one of your funerals. (laughs) Because that's what it looks like to one another. Church. I love that existence. I want us to exist for 40 years, not that we look good, not that we're busting out of the seams, but because we are so dynamic in our love for one another that it is intoxicating. You can't help but be here in this space, but be around spaces that everyone who call themselves Pine Lake Covenant people, people of Jesus, people of the way, that can't help but be around Jesus people. This is what gets us the next 20, 40 years, is if we want another well. So look around the room. Are we loving one another? Does the world around us say they need Pine Lake Covenant Church because we love one another well? And if we don't, we got work to do, people. And I'm ready to do it. Are you ready to do it with me? Let's pray. Father, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. And that when I sit next to the feet of Jesus, when I feel the Holy Spirit, surrounding me I don't feel shame I don't feel disappointment I don't feel anger I don't feel sadness I feel a love that I've never felt before and for some of us we've probably never felt that before whether we've been in relationships with people that love us well we've never felt the unconditional love 
of a God who sees right through us, right through all of our veils and facades, who sees it all and says, I've loved you. I've been loving you. I always will love you. For maybe some of us, we need to say, I love you back for the first time to Jesus. That I love you. I've been watching you. I've been on the outside, on the peripheral, but I want in. I want to be a part of the family. I want to be part of what you're doing because what you're doing and what you're creating in me, what you're stirring in me is good. That even though I have sinned and I messed up, you've forgiven me. So maybe maybe here in this space, whether in this space or online and you're watching, you want to say, I'm, Jesus, I'm yours. And it's as easy as a simple prayer, but it's more all-consuming. That you respond to Jesus saying, I know that I have messed up. I know I'll never do it right. God, I need your forgiveness, and I want to follow you. I just want to follow you. I want to learn the ebbs and flows of the way of you, Jesus. So I give my life to you. I give myself to the way of love. I give myself over to you. I want to be your son or your daughter. Jesus, come. Love us. We pray.